Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. I hope it's a happy and safe Labor Day for all of you out there because I'm not sure how safe it is in certain college towns across this country, specifically Baton Rouge, Louisiana, after LSU fell to UCLA, maybe even in Clemson, South Carolina, after the Tigers were stymied by the Georgia Bulldogs. So much to get to today on Fox Sports Sunday, a Labor Day edition, and I'm sure you've seen it on social media everywhere. Our final Sunday with without NFL football 
until mid to late February of 2022. We have got you covered in that aspect as well. George and I giving you a sense of an NFL preview, uh, MVP talk, and all of that coming up here on Fox Sports Radio. Plus, we may say farewell to an NFL career and how that career of one Cam Newton will be viewed years from now. But we start in college football, George, with a great, great week one for some schools and some leagues because some other schools and some other leagues did not have a great Labor Day weekend, and that is where we start on this Saturday, my friend. Yo, man, um, if anybody didn't look at my Fast Friday picks that I post on my website, bro, then they had a bad day. I predicted like damn near perfectly everybody that was going to win. I knew that UCLA was going to beat uh, LSU. That was like a layup to me. Like I, I could see that a mile away. My Oregon Ducks won. I mean, but like like you said, Dan, there are some college towns that are extremely sad. Baton, Baton Rouge, they are they don't even know what to do. They are like, do we do we love Coach Ogeron or do we not? I mean, he just yeah. won a national championship in 2019, and there are people already like, this is not the guy. <laughs> just that quickly. And re- remember like two weeks ago when they announced that LSU was going to be playing USC in 2024 in Allegiant mm-hmm. Stadium in, in, in Las Vegas? What was the initial conversation? Well, the initial conversation was making fun of the Alliance. That no, was, no, that no, was no, the one no, right no, away, no, no. but yeah, uh, well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, true, just but, saying, like, all right, the Pac-12 already. Then you know, day the alliance is a day old, and the Pac-12 yeah. has signed up with an SEC school. But okay, so then what was the next thing? Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess because I I don't know. I'm gonna say maybe Coach O against his uh, former school that he had coached at one point. Nope it was okay. it was uh. W- What's the the over uh, the over under of one of the coaches that will the current coaches of USC and LSU will they be the head coaches when they play in twenty twenty four? Okay, all right. Like, well, I didn't see that storyline. Oh, I must okay. have missed it somewhere. Well, I was that's too busy. not that far away. Is the point is that it's not that far away, and that people are already calling for people's jobs. Well, let's let's then let's start there. Let's start with with what happens in Louisiana and what happens at LSU because if you look at Ed Orgeron's record in his time with the Tigers, they're forty five and fifteen. They have a national championship that is check the calendar uh, not even two years old. And we are already, there are already rumblings, as you said, that he could be out of a job. Very reminiscent of what happened to Gene Chizik at Auburn after they won their national championship and was let go a few years later. But my, my point is, I, I, I think that we, we rushed to judgment too quickly. And we forget a coach's strengths and we immediately look at the weaknesses and what needs to change. And I think that that is like half of college football, maybe more than half, is just getting great players, right? Yeah. Isn't that that's, – that, that's what it is. And so if that's the strength of Ed Orgeron, 
that is what you need to do at LSU. And you look at recruiting classes in the in the past, and you look at since he took over in 2016, it's been the 2021 class. And I'm just using – I'll just use a generalization of recruiting class because there's rivals, there's 24-7, there's scout, a bunch of different ones. But 2021, top five class, maybe third to fifth. Uh, 2020, top five class, same thing. 2019, around the same number. 2018, they were maybe in the in the low teens, maybe in 10, 11, 12, 13, around that area. And 2017, eighth. So recruiting-wise, it's there. There's something in my mind that is not being translated from the recruiting to then wins on the field. But really, George, the wins have also been there if he's 45 and 15 with the national championship and an unbeaten season. So I just, I, it's not that LSU can't do better. It's just in my mind, how can you do this so quickly after a guy's won a national championship less than two years ago? See, I, I understand that fans are, you know, that that fans that they demand, you know, success and that they want repeatable performances. And they're looking at Alabama, they're looking at Clemson and they're saying, all right, look, these teams make it to the college football playoff every year. Why can't we, if we are, you know, we, we've got this great name, we have a, a coach and all of this stuff. So they want the consistency and Ed Ogeron, for, for some reason, right, when you look at him and when you look at what he's done, and then last year the team was so incredibly bad. Like they obviously lost from the 2019 National Championship team, I think six first-rounders or it was mm-hmm. an exorbitant amount of talent. But the fact that last year the defense looked so incredibly bad and that's what LSU is known for like that that 2019 year was like an outlier in terms of LSU offense so that's where people are frustrated and uh, and uh, and I guess the biggest problem with Ed Ogeron is that it doesn't seem like that the team is trending in the right direction but this year I don't think that that's a fair assessment because you only played one game and UCLA, I believe, is an extremely good football team. So I think the overreaction is more about people not understanding how good UCLA is as opposed mm-hmm. to judging LSU. What do you think? Uh, and what do you think that Chip Kelly's strength is as a head coach? I'm just using because you oh, mentioned UCLA. Oh, okay, he is he his his offense. I mean, he's one of the innovators of modern yeah. offense, yep. and now he's reinvented his offense. And he is organized. He is you know his team doesn't play sloppy like the, like every single year he's been been there. Mind you, he only got his first two non conference wins this year. But every year, the team looked to be getting better in different areas. And last year, you could see in the pandemic year, you could see, oh, wow, this defense might actually be really, really good. And this year, through two games, you're like, this defense is outstanding. So I think it's the organization and then just the fact that you see incremental gains every year. And and, and I think that Chip Kelly, when we use this argument, it's perfect because when you look at what's Nick Saban's strength, uh, he gets the best players and he gets the best coaches. 
Yeah, like, like I mean, I mean the, the operation that he runs it, it's it's not meant to downplay what it's supposed to do is just simplify of why Alabama, why Alabama is just such a juggernaut. And so that's where the gap is at LSU, though, because they're getting good players. They're getting really good players. But it's the coaching that that seems to be the issue. And so when you win a national championship and you lose assistance to other jobs, whether it be in the in the NFL or if it's other head coaching jobs like LSU had, you have to restock that or you have to replenish that. And I think that's where that's where the gap is at LSU. And the thing that I think for everybody who's rushing to judgment about Ed Orgeron needing to be out at LSU is I do think it's a job that would be highly coveted in college football. That would be a place where where coaches would want to go and coaches would want to be. But it's also of are we going to be getting better players? Are we going to be able to keep that or even raise it to the next level than where we are right now? And I think that's a legitimate question to ask. The the problem is it with Ed Orgeron at LSU in my mind. It's there's just something that's not being translated when you're bringing in these to these type of players and now they're not tra- it's not translating on the field or you're getting beaten by other schools. If you're in the recruiting rankings where they are, it tells me that some of these guys need to be coached up a little better and that's the fault of Ed Orgeron, not anything that he's done because I don't think you can fault this coaching style because there have been CEO types. There have been guys who have looked over. There are guys who are recruiting guys. There are, there are geniuses like Chip Kelly. There are you know, guys like Ryan Day now at Ohio State who are bringing their version of their offense. He's a Chip Kelly disciple. Like there, There's different types of head coaches, and I think that's what we have to realize with that Orgeron is maybe it's his assistants. Maybe 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 they've got to get the you know Nick Saban where Bill O'Brien will Ex- you know, let see? go of a head coaching job and go to Alabama. That's maybe that's a- what happens needs to happen at LSU and not get rid of Coach L. See, that's a very reasonable assessment, right? Is that that is that he doesn't call plays? He doesn't, you know, he's not what he's not Lincoln Riley. He's not Chip. He's not mm-hmm. Ryan Day. He's not any of those those guys. And there's nothing wrong with a CEO type head no. head coach. Very. And common. if you notice in their national championship season, all their assistants left. The uh, their their de- defensive Bro- coordinator yeah. he left to be the head coach at Baylor. Um, their uh, yep. office coordinators left for head coaching jobs and then uh, officer coordinator with the with the Panthers. Joe and Brady. I don't yep. think, yeah, he didn't replace them with the type of talent, I guess, to to get it done. And so I think that that's a fair point. It, it is something about you, Dan. I'm telling you, this 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 baby has gotten <laughs> has gotten into you because now that you are Daddy Dan Buyer, I have never I, agreed with you more than what's going on right now. Well, the, you know, the, truly, I am fresh off of a nap of about an hour ago. I was telling the guys before the show that one of the toughest things to do when you have a four month old is figuring out what you need to do with the little time that you have. So the yes. wife the, the wife takes the baby, and I'm broadcasting from home, but she goes, takes the ba- baby, and they go to grandpa's place, and they you know have a fun time for three hours while we're doing the show. She left an hour early today, and I'm like, my goodness, what am I going to do? This you know, is do- a gift. <laughs> yes, yes. So it was a quick power nap. So that's why I came out, and I was fresh and ready to go because I, I was able to take advantage of the 40 minutes minute nap that is so crucial that so many of us uh, so many of us need to have but i mean coach Yo, and just quickly getting back to him 45 and 15 and that is last year included which 
not that we're giving passes for pandemic years, but remember, Jamar Chase didn't play at all for them last year. They were trying to replace the team that had won the national championship. So maybe it was even a little bit more difficult on LSU than it was on some other schools. So you take that out of the equation, and he's 40-10. and 10. You know, I mean, Nick Saban wins at like an 85-90% rate, so there's nothing you can do about that. But that's an 800 winning percentage. And I know that yesterday, maybe how yesterday played out, George, was the surprising fact of it that that Ellis around. Yeah, yeah. UCLA was more physical with them, and maybe that is cause for concern. But if you step back and take a look, I think you really just need to assess the problem, and it's it's the problem of going up against Nick Saban in Alabama because nothing is ever good enough because you are always competing with them, and if you feel like you're a step back. Of of you know from maybe the year before, then you're three or four behind Alabama. Nick Saban doesn't make it on easy on anybody. See, and this is another example. I, sometimes I think that teams are not realistic with where they are. Right? Is if you're LSU, you got a national championship now. You well in 2019, you got one while Les Miles was there. The 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 program is still something that you can be extremely proud about. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, oh, that, yeah. and that LSU is like a – I'm sorry, um, you have uh, – Alabama is a once in a – you know, like the, when, when is the last time somebody has had this level of dominance in any sport? Like you got to go back to like the uh, last time was UConn in women's basketball and they don't even dominate like they did anymore mm-hmm. because there's more parity. Yeah. And so what Nick Saban is doing, what, six national championships in 12 years, that's in, that, like that can't be the goal. Like the goal has to be like there there are people who even try to criticize Lincoln Riley. You're like, this dude's in the playoff every single year. Yeah. I, I get he hasn't won it. But you're not going to win it every year. Like if he wins once every six years, you. I promise you, as much as I want my Oregon Ducks to win a national championship every year, if we are, if we win, you know, nine or ten games a year, and then win a national championship once every six years, Dan, I will die a happy man. Sure. As far as college football goes, well, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't if if somebody told you that about the Seahawks? Or oh, the sure. Milwaukee Bucks, well, what would you say? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't even take LSU, George, because 2003, they win it all with Saban. 2007, you mentioned, they win it all with Les Miles. And then it's 2011, they come back, and they end up losing to Alabama in the national championship game after they what beat them in the in the regular season. So you had the you had the rematch. But that also tells me is that you know what that is? That's a that's a that's a secular very very in step because of the classes. Two thousand three moves on. Then you bring in the two thousand seven class and they you know like like those are the years. It's an every three or four year cycle with them and it worked out for them and that's much more success than a lot of schools in college football. A majority of the schools in college football. And yeah it's been a little while then it was, you know, it took until 2019, but that's only an eight-year gap of when you were playing in a national championship game, which isn't... From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. 
if you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I mean, other schools would kill for something like that. You yeah, are 100% you're right. right about that one, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the recognition, I mean, if you're happy with doing it every four years like you were, you know, 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago, then you need to give Coach O a little bit more time. He's George Reister. Get him on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, so who did have it worse this weekend? The ACC or the Pac-12? We'll answer that question next year on Fox Sports Radio. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. Glad to have you with us. The NFL vet, the college football vet as well as we talk what happened yesterday in the world of college football. You're a Pac-12 guy. We just talked about UCLA beating LSU yesterday, George. That was the only thing that seemed to go right for the Pac-12 conference. Whoa. Yes, it, it, I mean it was it it was a rough day for the conference outside of how big that victory is. But I guess maybe that's the million dollar question: is does it really matter as long as UCLA beat LSU? Is it all good for the Pac-12? Um, well, see, Dan, I, I would uh, I would push back a little bit on your assessment of the Pac-12 because yes, 
the Pac-12 did have a bad day as it relates to um, as it relates to uh, Washington losing to Mon- Montana, which is mm-hmm. just absolutely abysmal um, because they lost to an FCS school and th- and they were ranked and people people like Ryan Leaf picked them to go 12 and 0, which was inexplicable to me to begin with. But um, Stanford getting absolutely taken behind the woodshed by Kansas State, um, which means intellectual brutality is still broken. Oregon <laughs> State losing. Um, Cal lost it Cal losing. Yep. A- Arizona, you expect it to a lose. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Washington State finding a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory against Utah State wasn't good either. But, damn. But but none of these teams aside from Washington was expected to even finish in the top half of the conference. You you actually had all the teams besides Washington who people think are any good win. UCLA won, big game. USC won. Oregon won. Uh, Arizona State and Utah won this week. So, mm-hmm. like, there's the... the I mean, like it was bad on the bottom half of the conference, but on the top half of the conference, everybody's still swim, swimming along fine. It's it's actually why I think that the ACC had the worst weekend of of any conference because of how things played out for. What oh my was god! To yes, they're they're two schools. best teams. Uh, yes, yes, they're two. The, well, the three. Well, actually, sorry, the three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the three schools that people thought were going to be the best. So Clemson with DJ Uangalele, it was his first start. It did not go well at all. Like, yes, Georgia's pass rush was extremely good. But if you switch out Trevor Lawrence for DJ, you think you get a better performance, right? Yeah. And honestly, and, I, 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 and I Clemson's thought defense. No, go on. Well, I was going to just say the other thing about the other thing about DJ is it's it was not like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young making their debuts because we saw D.J. last year at Notre Dame. True, you know, so that yeah, that's he what did was so have experience. He played two games last year. Yeah, started he, two games, and he played really well. And in that marquee game at Notre Dame, you're like, man, they're not going to miss a beat when he steps in. And then you see what happened yesterday, and that's what was so surprising. And that that's that was the other the other takeaway. Like we. We totally gloss over the fact that Georgia only scored, you know, 10 points in the game. No, no, no. no. It, they, well, you know, and, and they only scored three on offense. If yeah. DJ, if DJ didn't throw them a pick six, would, would, would we still be playing right now in a three to three tie? <laughs> I mean, like that, Georgia's, Georgia's offense was pedestrian too. But, but to get back to the point, you had Clemson who, offensively looked atrocious, right? And they look very vulnerable, even though that they were playing Georgia, but but still, right? They still look a little mm-hmm. vulnerable. Um, Miami, people were like, yo, this is the year that Miami could be back. Blah, blah. Man, they've got drowned by, by Alabama. I mean, it was just bad. If Alabama had wanted to score more points, they could have scored more than the forty-four that they did. And um, and that was and, another that was another no. game though, George. Where not if if Miami would have had a good showing, if let's just say they would have lost thirty-eight to twenty-seven, we would say, okay, all right, you know what, Miami was supposed to lose that game anyway, but they fought with Alabama or they hung in there for three quarters. That you, it's that's not what happened. That that's not what happened at all. So you can't you can't even you they couldn't were even out say of the that. Game, they were out of the game in the second quarter. 
Yeah. Yeah. It it was over in the second quarter. When that when they went into halftime, it was twenty seven to three. And there wasn't a single person in the stadium that was like, ooh, ooh. But had it been the other way around, everybody would have would have thought, oh, Alabama will make this close in the second half. But then you also had North Carolina lose to Virginia Tech, and Sam Howell didn't look very good. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that the ACC by far had the worst day. They, they had their three best teams lose and they are essentially and i and i know that this is early on but miami ain't making the playoffs you you can count them out north carolina they could still technically recover and make the playoffs technically only because if they ran the table and then beat clemson in the uh acc championship and finished 12 and 1 they technically can get into the playoffs um, and but their chances are probably low, depending on what Virginia Tech does. And then you got uh, that Clemson. Clemson still has a legitimate shot, but they got a but there's no more margin for for error. Like they got to blow the doors off of everybody else on the way through, Un- I, unless Georgia because because if Georgia wins the SEC, finishes twelve and zero, and they beat Alabama in the SEC championship. Clemson can actually get back in the playoffs because people people can look and say, "Oh, this was aside from a pick six, this was a three to three football game. Like this might be go a different way." So I think Clemson still has a shot, but it's not good when your three best teams lose on opening I, weekend. Yeah, I I never want to say a team is out of it. In in I in fact, I don't think that September matters a lot. I think that there there are very few instances in college football where we've seen a September outcome end up come and bite a team in the butt in early December. Like that's, there have been very few instances. However, in saying that, and I'm not trying to sit on the fence with this, the problem for Clemson is, yeah, they need Georgia to go and do their work. But if Georgia doesn't beat Alabama in the SEC title game, and let's just say that's how it plays out, there's no way that I think that if you had a conversation, even if Clemson ran the table, that you could take Clemson over Georgia in if they were battling for the final playoff spot just because of the head-to-head. The only saving grace that the ACC may have is that North Carolina actually has a game at Notre Dame later on this season where they could win, and then if Clemson keeps on winning – but they're void of their of the good wins, and while the Pac-12, to your point, it was the, it was the bottom of the Pac-12 that wasn't winning, the top of the Pac-12, Oregon's got Ohio State coming up on Saturday, and so if you win that game, now all of a sudden your conference is elevated to another level. There isn't another game in the entire ACC outside of North Carolina at Notre Dame that could even elevate the conference. And that's the toughest thing because you, you could run through that conference, George, and everybody's going to say, well, who did you play? You know, they're they're no good. Like that's that's why yes, yesterday and Thursday for North Carolina 
was so tough on the ACC is because their margin of error was so slim. They needed, they really, really needed Clemson to beat Georgia, Georgia to set the standard for the rest of the conference. Now it's just an uphill climb. I, I think it's going to be difficult for the ACC. They're going to need a lot of stuff to get to get right, even though I don't think a lot of the time September matters. But if it comes down to it, if Georgia and Clemson are both one-loss teams, how in the world do you take a Clemson, even though they're a conference champion, over the team that beat them in the first week of the season? Oh, you, you can. You can't. <laughs> you can't. It, it, there's no way. There, yeah. There's no way that you can't. Because head-to-head matchups matter. And truthfully, the only place where they actually try to discount those types of things is in the SEC. They're like, oh, well, if, if you played them 25 times, then Alabama would win 23. Then, well, it, but, they, but they didn't this time. So it sure. doesn't matter. I think there's. I think there could be some interesting debates. I think there could be if Clemson ends up running the table. I think that there could be debates if we're down to it about maybe even a two-loss school in 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 maybe the Big Ten. You know, as it turned out, the Big Ten openers were great because they didn't have to have all of their top teams lose because some of their top teams were playing each other. It was great for Penn State, and it was great for Iowa this past weekend. Maybe not so much for Indiana and Wisconsin, but we're not looking at the Big Ten as being a weaker league because of of what happened, of like an Illinois losing it over the weekend. We're not looking at it like that, but that's how we are looking at the ACC. And Pac-12 still's got, still has time, and as you said, their big pieces are still unblemished. Get George. Yeah. On Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Want to look like a million bucks but only spend a handful of bucks? Upgrade to a dollar shave club, six-blade razor for a noticeably smooth shave thanks to their six precision-cut stainless steel blades. Find your perfect shave wherever you shop, in-store and online at dollarshaveclub.com. That's dollarshaveclub.com. Welcome to the club. Ralph Irvin's a part of the club. He brings us the latest of what's going on on this Labor Day weekend Sunday. What's happening, Ralph? You guys are doing all this calculus when it it comes down to four simple figures. UCLA will be in the final four, so who cares? They'll be undefeated. (laughs) There you go. Uh, You're forgetting forgetting that calculus. The only person more impressive was Alabama this week. So that's all that really matters. I'll tell you what. Ohio State's game on Thursday after seeing how some of the top teams perform. Maybe you're saying, you know what, maybe C.J. Stroud looked a better, little bit better than we thought at first blush, <laughs> considering how uh, some of the others showed up yesterday. Yeah, and speaking of showing up, the American League East did not show up today. Uh, Minnesota, a ninth-inning RBI from Nick Gordon snaps a three-game Twins losing streak. They beat Tampa Bay 6-5, but down the standings, well, the Yankees gave up four in the seventh inning. They fall to Baltimore 8-7. And Cleveland had a five-run ninth inning to cap a 11-5 win over Boston. So everybody at the top of that division was in the losing column tonight. The Mets, a six-run ninth inning, that capped a 13-6 win over Washington. Right now, though, Atlanta, top team in the NL East, has a 9-2 lead over Colorado. That is in the bottom of the eighth inning. St. Louis still trying to stay alive in that National League wildcard race. They have a 5-1 lead as they play at Milwaukee. Tyler O'Neill, a two-run homer there for the Cardinals. And Houston still trailing at San Diego. The Padres had a three-run first inning, and that's all it's taken. 3-1 the Padres over the Astros in the fifth inning. Now at the PGA Tour Championship, they're on to the 18th hole. And Patrick Cantlay still in the lead spot at 20 under par, one shot ahead of John Rahm. Again, on the 18th hole, also on the 18th hole, the second 
to last grouping. That features Kevin Na. He is five shots back of the pace. And there's one match still on the course at the Solheim Cup. The U.S. two points behind, eight and a half to six and a half to Team Europe. As we send it back, it is Fox Sports Sunday. Dan Beyer and George Reister. Thank you very much, Ralph. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. Find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. We were talking about Alabama in Miami, and I, I don't know if it's even fun anymore watching Alabama. I, I, I really? just, I, I mean, there is like you know, you mentioned their 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 greatness earlier, and I mean, it is one of the, one of the great things about yesterday and and about this first weekend is I mentioned the the quarterback play. We talked about uh, Clemson and DJ Ungalale um, having the. Uyunglele having the, uh, I don't know, I, you can't say a baptism because, as we mentioned, he had already started a couple of games. But the season opener was just tough, and going up against that Georgia defense was tough. Made a joke about C.J. Stroud because there seemed to be Thursday night and then Friday morning such a reaction to the Ohio State quarterback who, if you just looked at the numbers, had a great game. But maybe if you watched the three and a half hours, there were there were you know a little left a little bit more to be desired there. But Alabama just comes in, brings in Bryce Young. Looks like looks like he's been there for five years. Uh, Jamison Williams comes in as a transfer from Ohio State, gets a ninety-four yard touchdown reception. I mean, it just it doesn't stop, and it is, I, I you know, and, and then saying this as a, as a fan of a school that's trying to trying to knock off Alabama, maybe that's maybe that's the bias coming in. But at some point, George, to me, it's just going to be patriot like, where it's like. Can you just show that you, that you're human? Like the the only time that we've really seen it was when Tua went down with his hip injury. You know, and you had to have something drastic happen where you're like, oh my goodness, you know the 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 Alabama football program actually may be in a little bit of a shaky spot here. It had to be, you know, unfortunately, a serious injury for anything to derail what Alabama has been doing. And that's that's the frustrating thing, I think, of anybody who's trying to catch Alabama is even the top teams, even Spencer Rattler yesterday had a tough day against Tulane and, and getting picked off a bunch of times. Oklahoma still wins, but you're saying, all right, there's these growing pains, and Alabama just doesn't seem to have it. Well, see, here's here's the thing is that Alabama does something that other teams, some teams strive to do it, and then some teams don't pay attention to the details as much. So, yes, Alabama recruits at an extremely high level, which, you know, is the difference between winning and losing a lot of games. But one of the other things that Alabama does, they are in attention to detail. Like, they do not beat themselves. They rarely commit a lot of penalties, not a lot of personal fouls. Like, they like they keep the – like, they do the – and they don't turn the ball over – a lot. And those are the things that like not turning the ball over is the biggest uh, correlation between winning and losing. The Whoever wins the turnover battle pretty much wins every single game. It's like 85% or something like that. And then if you add on it, if you get a defensive or a special teams touchdown, you're at like 98% chance to win. So I, that's one of the things that they do extremely well. And I, for one, am not bored by Alabama, probably because I spent 10 years 
like betting against Alabama. I was like, listen, they're (laughs) overrated, blah, blah, blah. And they're not. So now I can fully enjoy it. And then seeing that I got a chance to see Bryce Young play in high school. So I'm kind Mm -hmm. of invested in, in him and, like they just seem to pick the right players, like what whatever their eva- evaluation process is, because you'll see uh, like if I'm looking at the recruiting rankings right now and when you go back to 2021. Right. And, and, and my, mind you, Alabama gets some of the benefit of the doubt with some of these recruits that after they commit to Alabama, they actually get a bump in the ratings. Uh, but. If you look at Alabama, Alabama actually signs more three stars than even uh, like some of these some of these other schools. Like they like they'll, they'll they'll sign four or five three stars, and then yes, they'll get a bunch of five stars and four stars too. But the fact that they don't really care about the evaluation, I'm sorry, that about the ranking process, and mm-hmm. they're like, we're gonna get guys that fit this criteria. And if he's a three-star, so be it. If he's a five-star, so be it. And that's the thing that I really love about it. And that's the thing that I actually think that you'll see a lot from Chip Kelly as well. And I think he can turn UCLA into a juggernaut if he can continue to uh, win. Because then he'll, he will be able to recruit players from all over the, the country to be able to fit his system. So I'm all in on Alabama at this point, point in time. They are fun to watch. And it's the way football is supposed to be played. Uh, the 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 Alabama juggernaut is just. I mean, it it, it is truly just rolling and rolling <laughs> and rolling. But it's it's not reminiscent of. And you just mentioned UCLA, and I just wanted to make this point because it dawned on me last night as I'm watching it. When I moved to Southern California in 2005, it was in the middle of the heyday of USC football, and again. Nothing rivals the Lakers or the Dodgers in this town when it comes to those teams. However, USC was such a story, and it was it was such an interesting feel because of how just that program rolled on and how people were invested in it. And it's been quiet for the last decade or so. It hasn't been like that. And so to even, even if it's UCLA, to have a college football program in Southern California be you know worthy of attention and worthy of people getting excited, I was actually excited for that. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a UCLA fan. Just it feels different in the fall that you're not just only focused on Dodgers in the postseason and Lakers training camp. I know there's two NFL teams here now, but it's just it's a different town. But now you could have you could have that sort of energy just on the street at Westwood like that's that that's what I oh, yeah. I took from yesterday which was a little you know was which was man this this could actually you know reverberate throughout the city but man the Alabama thing is just is just tough plus guys are willing to wait at Alabama like you know like Ohio State I think played eight true freshmen in their game on Thursday against uh against Minnesota and and you know Alabama like just like all right you know we'll get our opportunity you know you'll You'll get your opportunity to shine and move on and move through the program, and yeah, just it's just it's just getting old because they just seem so far ahead of everyone else. And, I, and there was a time when I thought that Ohio State and Clemson caught them, and then you saw what happened in last year's national championship you, game. And you know, and, yeah, but the difference is is that last year's offense for Alabama was historically good, mm-hmm. and this team is not as good as from BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Last year's team. However, that I, I, I think that yesterday on display, you saw two things. Alabama's really good and they're they're consistent, but that Miami's also nowhere near a really good football team right now. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. There's going to be a new look to college football. We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know Amazon provides ways of working that fit your lifestyle? They know you value your time outside of work, juggling family, school, friends, or other activities. That's why they offer a variety of shifts that work for you. There are full-time, part-time, and even temporary opportunities that can work with your schedule with great starting pay and sign-on bonuses. If you want a career that fits and adapts to your lifestyle, head to amazon.com apply. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. 
Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's the NFL vet, George Reister, of course, playing his college ball at Oregon. Get George on Twitter, at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. I just think that the uh, Big 12 is delaying the inevitable, and I know there's nothing that they could really do, George, but reports surfaced on Friday, Sports Illustrated, then uh, ESPN and others followed that the Big 12 was set to add four schools as Cincinnati, UCF, BYU, and Houston were going to uh, apply to become new members of the Big 12 as soon as this upcoming week. And uh, it just, this stuff naturally happens, George. You you decide who a Power 5 is or a group of 5 is, and it just kind of naturally takes shape. And I think at some point when when we move on a little bit more from this, it's just going to be the Power 4. I, I, I don't think that we're going to look at the Big 12 as a real Power 5 conference when it comes down to especially football. I think the addition. I know that this conference didn't have really anywhere to go, but maybe to add these schools. But I just don't. I think in the end, this will kind of naturally fall into place where we're not looking at the Big Twelve as a Power Five anymore, and we're looking at just Pac Twelve, Big Ten, ACC, and SEC. Let me guess. Is George muted? That was there my initial thought, Dan. That was my initial thought. Mm-hmm. Was that? They were going to, you know, essentially be a, you know, rele- relegated to group of five status. But then I looked at the teams that they would be potentially adding. BYU has a big following, a big brand, right? Not yeah. in, in terms of independence, not as not as big as Notre Dame, but they have a huge following. No, yeah, Their you look at, yeah, and then you look at Houston. Houston has something extremely special. Houston has what Oregon has. They have an owner, essentially, in Tillman Fertitta. And if Tillman is willing to put the resources into them being a uh, a big-time school, they are going to, uh, you know, fast-track the process of being really good. And then you look at UCF. Like, I... I do think that these schools can catch up to be power fives really quickly. And so I do think that we're still going to have the five leagues until there's a huge merger between some of these leagues. I, I just wonder how long it is for Kansas or Kansas State or an Oklahoma State to kind of be even a West Virginia of being like, okay, what are we what are we what are we doing here? Nobody else is wants this, them. That's yeah. the problem. Nobody else wants them. I, I know, but I think that the landscape could change. And I think that maybe other you know, I think that the Big Ten I think they would be open to a Kansas and Kansas State edition at some point. Um I and that's what I think it's going to be. I don't know if the Pac twelve will look at Oklahoma State. I don't know if it, it makes sense for them or but I just think it's going to be a matter of time. I don't, the SEC may look to expand to eighteen. Who knows? Then it, that I just think that this is this is abandoned. The the conference as a Big Twelve, it was their only option. But realistically, I just don't think this. It just turns into the American Athletic Conference and how we view it, and that's how I think we're going to end up viewing the Big Twelve with these four additions. And it's going to take a couple of years for them to get in, but it's just it's, it's a bandaid over a much bigger wound. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. If it's the end for Cam Newton, how will he be remembered? We talk about it next here on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I don't know if it's a double standard, George, but there are certain things that bother me when it comes to sports and sports debates and sports talk and chats with buddies and conversations on social media. Can I can I tell you can I tell you a couple of them? Get it off get it off your chest, okay. man. Don't hold that this, stuff inside. It this gives is, you your clothes and it this stinks. Is what, this is what annoys me is perfect example is I just we talked a little bit ago how just to me Alabama's dominance now is just it's not even fun anymore. It's just it's you know there there's there's not excitement because you just know what's going to happen. There's not a question of of what's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. And I use Alabama as the perfect uh, description here because what I hear what we've talked about throughout the preseason in the NFL are comments like, you know what, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be able to to get the job done in, in Philadelphia. I don't know if he's going to be a starting quarterback. And you know what, the Dolphins need Deshaun Watson. Tua is not the guy. He is not the guy there. And then in New England, and now Mac Jones is the starter there, but there was the debate of, you know, who's going to be the starter, Cam Newton or Mac Jones. So we're we're kind of we're we have the jury still out on Tua, the jury still out on Jalen Hurts, and we have no idea what's going to happen with Mac Jones. But in the same breath, people will say huh, Alabama had a quarterback room where they have three starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So it's like in in one hand you're you're propping up Alabama and being like, man, what a factory <laughs> it is. But on the other hand, you're not giving any of their quarterbacks any credit, and in fact are are disparaging them because you don't know if they're going to be starting quarterbacks. And I kind of feel, I kind of feel, George, that that's what happens with Cam Newton. Is there is there's a group of people that have never liked Cam's game, have not liked Cam as a player, have not liked Cam as a person. And then once he gets cut by the Patriots, they say, where can he go to next? So wait a sec. So if you sat there and you've tore him apart and you don't say he's a good quarterback and he can't yeah, do this right? and that. Now Why you're do you trying think to... he would go anywhere next? Yes, exactly. And, the, and, and, and it just it, it bothers me. And I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's just a sports media thing. I don't know if buddies do this stuff. If, of, but it's like you kind of can't have it both ways. Either you believe in the guy or you don't believe in the guy. I believe, oh, you know, like, like I just, it, it, to me, it just, it happens too often. And those are just two examples that I've noticed recently. Oh, Dan, you went and went all Pollyanna on me. Man. I know. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. So you, but, but in, in that you, you are right. But at the same time, you have to realize the point in time that we live in and the way media is treated, Right is that there are so many people that try to put up the front or say, you know, oh, they they want to be first to the story. They want to be, you know, I came up with this great take, so I get credit on the back end. Instead of actually waiting to see what actually happens, which is the most prudent approach, right? Sure. So, so yeah, everybody wants to, oh, Cam sucks. He's done. Tiger Woods is done. He should never play again. And I was like, yo, Tiger. And, and I'm talking about pre-last crash. And I'm You're like, right. and I was screaming like, yo, this is one of the greatest golfers of all time. Like, maybe he won't be the as dominant as he was, but he'll win again if he's playing. Like, like a broke clock is right twice a day, especially when you have that type of type of talent. He'll get it right at least once, right? So and that ended up happening in the, in the Masters in 2019. And I am a believer in 
that, yes, what did you show on film last? Cam showed, I believe, the, the last time that we saw him in a preseason game, that he's still worthy, number one, of being an NFL quarterback first, somewhere mm-hmm. on the roster. Second thing is, is that there are teams that he can start for, but he's, I don't believe he's an upper echelon quarterback anymore because we, because for the last three years that we've seen him, well, well, two and then an, an injury year, we haven't seen that. So that's what I take from Cam is I'm like, all right, He's still worthy worthy of being in the NFL, but it doesn't appear that he's still, you know, upper echelon quarterback anymore, which is two separate things. Like you could you could discuss on and and I don't even want to say like Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence was the first overall pick and, and Mac Jones was a mid first rounder and the mid first rounder beat out Cam. I just yeah, I don't know any scenarios. And, and it's not of is Cam better than this guy or is he not better than this guy, but any scenarios where that would fit right now in the NFL in the 32 jobs that are out there. Um, even in Philadelphia, yeah. if you have questions about Jalen Hurts, I still yeah, think that he you would may like, be to, co- yeah, you'd like to know correct. more about him. Yeah, he may be the best quarterback. Like I, I, I think that when 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 people get to talking about who's better who's better you do have to consider the situation as well which is um that in new england they needed to be that they have to be looking for their quarterback of the future and you know preparing for right now as well so cam may still be better than mac jones but the Patriots may may be saying Mac Jones is good enough that that they're close right right now, and that Mac Jones is at least he's going to that we want to get him get him in. He's good enough to put in an NFL game, and that he'll get better and better as the season goes on. And then they didn't want to deal with, I, I believe, Cam and his unavailability with with COVID. And and he reminds me of Carmelo Anthony, Dan. In that, re- remember when Carmelo Anthony first was out of the league, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's washed. He can't play anymore." Yep. All all yep. of that. But in reality, he needed to have kind of a come to Jesus moment and say, "Hold up, maybe like like and and realize because at that point in time, he wasn't willing to come off the bench." And Cam may have to right now be willing to come off the bench until he gets his next opportunity. And the question is, is he willing to do that? So I think that that's where the questions around Cam for me surround at this point in time. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say Carmelo because, you know, during the week I'm at the news desk during the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. And over the last few weeks, uh, there you know, Carmelo ends up signing with the Lakers and then we have the Cam situation. And so I kind of posed these questions to Doug to get his thoughts on it. And I asked him when, when Carmelo signed with the Lakers is what, what is what is Carmelo going to be most known for? Is it going to be his time in New York? Is it uh, taking the Nuggets to the Western Conference Final? Is it winning a national championship with Syracuse? And that's the same question that I actually posed with Cam Newton. Now, when you look back at Cam's career, and there was success in the NFL. It wasn't sustained success, but he was the first overall pick of a draft and it ended up winning an MVP and taking his team to a Super Bowl. I don't know if that will pass what he did in 
you know, at Auburn in winning the Heisman and leading them to the national championship, though. And that's what I think is so unique about Cam Newton is because he was a face of the NFL. He was the biggest face five, six years ago because of his MVP season and what he was doing. But ultimately, when you take Cam Newton, you look at the entire body of work, I actually think that is what he did at Auburn in that one season is probably going to end up being his greatest accomplishment. Oh, see, I, I think that NFL MVP is a is a pretty doggone high achievement, even though it's not a national championship. But but he did win the Heisman and a national championship there at at, at Auburn. And when you asked the uh, question initially before we went to break. I thought about it more of his NFL career as opposed mm-hmm. to comparing his college career to his NFL career. And then I was looking, I was like, okay, hold up. How will we remember Cam in the NFL? And then they got me looking at the MVP list. And I said, okay, he will probably be remembered very similar to a guy who won the MVP right after him, which is Matt Ryan. And or like yeah. uh, like that, yeah. Matt, Matt Ryan, he'll be remembered as a good quarterback, not tra- not a transcendent player. But but then I thought, OK, hold up. Cam Newton actually kind of broke the mold, if you if you will, like he's a he was Josh Allen prior to Josh Allen. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a guy who's a great athlete, big arm. All of these things, and that's what people like. If you were designing a quarterback in in a lab, Cam Newton is what you would come out with, or or, or Josh Allen is what you would come out with. Uh, he's a good runner. He's big, strong. He can physical enough to take a to take a hit. Willing runner. All all of these things. That's what you would. That's what you would. Design. You wouldn't design Tom Brady. You wouldn't design any of that. And that's where I think that he'll be remembered, like the quarterbacks who won MVPs but didn't necessarily win championships, kind of like a um, yeah. a Steve Steve McNair, Rich Gannon, or Matt Ryan. Yeah, I I actually think and and, I think, and Cam Newton runs more than Josh Allen. The guy that that I think that I think if you draw it up, it would probably would I would say it would be Aaron Rodgers. Because Rogers, Rogers also gives you the threat of the run with not being a running quarterback like Allen or to the next level of Cam Newton or even to the next level of that of, of Lamar Jackson. And I've, I've never, never once taken away Cam's running ability and not used it in trying to judge him as a quarterback because that is completely who he was. And I've said for years that that you know, give me Cam Newton, give me eight years of Cam Newton running the football and passing the football. I don't need sixteen years of him of you know the last eight of him just being a pocket passer because that's not if, who, if, if he's because elite it didn't, at that. And but that's he would the, never, he never was. He had a cannon as an arm, but he would overthrow guys, cor- you know, correct. by thirty yards because his footwork was his footwork was atrocious like sure any any quarterback coach looks at cam and they're like oh no no don't do that <laughs> you <laughs> know <laughs> i mean it's it's really really bad it's really he, really bad he would but throw fastballs yeah he'd throw fastballs to greg olson like eight yards away and it'd be coming in at like 90 miles an hour like he like he has a cannon he could throw the ball on a rope there was there was no doubt about that it's just sometimes he didn't necessarily know where it was going and wasn't hitting his intended target but what made cam so so dangerous was his ability to run. 
and the the threat of the run. And I should actually put it the other way. It's the threat of the run and the ability to be a part of the running game because that's what he was. Like he's he like there there were there's designed runs for Cam. Like Josh Allen, when you actually look at the the numbers and see what Buffalo now is trying to do, there's they're relying a lot more on his his arm than his legs. But if you need him inside the ten or inside the five, Josh Allen's going to get into the end zone for it. He's able to see. Do that's that. what I'm saying. Is you know? that is is that is that Cam was the 1.0 version, and Josh, Josh Allen is the is the 2.0 version. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Where where like Michael Vick was the 1.0 version. Lamar Jackson is the 2.0 version, and, and and that he's but Lamar Jackson has to become a better passer. As, as as well, so like I think that Aaron Rodgers is obviously all the physical tools that you would ask for in a quarterback. He is he's got a cannon for an arm. He is smart. He's he's accurate, and I think that Patrick Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers two point His so he, he's the he's the better version. Sure, sure. In 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 my mind, from BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. You know, we we posted on Twitter, Cam Newton's career, absolutely, positively, no doubt about it, 100% a success. 
You yes. take a guy number one, he wins you an MVP, he takes you to a Super Bowl. You mentioned the the what you know, what do LSU fans want or what do fan bases really want when you have that pick and you're looking for that guy and to know that there were some years of growing pains and there was some other stuff, but Cam Newton ended up delivering that to Carolina and I know they didn't get it done in the Super Bowl, but you take everything there, even if this is the absolute end, I don't think that there should be slander on well, Cam Newton's name. Think think about this. Whose career would you uh, rather have? Or, or who had a more successful career? Uh, Andrew Luck or Cam Newton? Oh, Cam Newton. Exactly. That's, that's the point, is that, that that's not an unsuccessful yeah. ca- career. Whose career has been, been more successful, Cam Newton's or Matt Ryan's? Uh, I, I would take Cam's with the college. I would take Cam, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Cam's with the with the college edit into there because I think that plays a part as well. Yep. He's George. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. The Cowboys enter Thursday night's opener a bit shorthanded. We'll explain how it will affect them against the Bucks next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on this Labor Day weekend. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We're talking NFL. We're all friends here as Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, also Sirius XM NFL Radio, and the Inside the Birds podcast joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Little Birdie told me, Adam, that you uh, were weighing in on George's options when it came to Cam Newton or, and when it came to Cam Newton or Matt Ryan in terms of a career, you would choose who? I think Matt Ryan's had a better career, but I'm probably going to be in the minority here because just how Cam has kind of regressed in the last three years. Certainly mm-hmm. would have said that three years ago, but I'm, I just don't know where Cam is at this point of his career. I mean, he's only 32, but I just don't know what he has left. I never thought I'd say that, but it's been a while since he's played highly competent football. Sure. Let, let, let yeah. me ask well, you this, or, or go ahead, go ahead, George, sure. and then I'll then I'll follow up because yes. okay. it's a different. Yeah, Adam, Adam, my my only I guess retort for that is yes, um, Matt Ryan's been a four thousand yard passer pretty much every year of his entire ca- career, but like the touchdowns aren't very high, and and also he doesn't make the playoffs on a regular basis. Like so, so like. That's where I'm like, I got six in one hand, half a dozen in the other one, and Cam has at least been a transcendent player on some levels. I mean, if you would have asked me after 17, I would say, no, Cam clearly is. If you just look at the way that he was playing at 28 years old with with the Panthers, and then you know the shoulder injuries, um, his inability to, to kind of recover from that the right way, and I think what happened there was the accumulation of hits uh, to that right shoulder just did – Kind of cur- curtailed his career. I, I know he was healthy enough to play, uh, clearly in training camp, but he clearly got beaten out by Mac Jones. So you know, since he was 28, it's been downhill. And I, I, but again, the quarterback position is one. I've learned this you know, pretty much throughout my career here. I've seen guys move on and later in, in their careers just kind of respond. And I'm hoping you know, Cam now at, at 32 could be one of those guys where people think he's finished. You know, he gets himself right. He goes with a team that wants him. It gives him a chance to rebuild his career. And I, the other thing is there's been this sort of narrative around the league that he maybe he wouldn't be a good backup. If he's not a starter, then it might not work. I don't know about that. I, I, I want to see what happens here uh, when he revives his career here over the next few months and see what happens as a backup. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. The angle that I was going to go with something that George and I talked about 
if you are a franchise and you take a quarterback number one overall, like what should your expectations, you know, what should they have been? Were they, do you think the, Cal- the Carolina Panthers would have been satisfied or should be satisfied with what Cam provided them during his time there? Well, look, he got to a Super Bowl. Um, he was, as George said, a, really just special at one point in his career. Yeah. What, what the, a, really a dual threat, and with that size and arm strength and athleticism, it's all everything that you want. And then, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I would say that, yeah, because again, he got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, quite, it's a great question. It's actually a great debate. What for first round pick? How many years do you have to get out of the player? My thing is, you better get a second contract, or, or the guy's a disappointment or a bust. Well, they got way more than that. So no, they they. I would say to answer your question, it's a great one. I would absolutely say they got they got plenty out of them. And. Like I'm looking at at Adam, kind of the start to this season, and with Dak Prescott, and people are saying that oh he's completely healthy, he's trump- trumpeting his, his horn, and so are the coaches. I don't quite believe him a hundred percent. Do you? Here's where I am at, George, with this right shoulder strain. It's not in a normal area where you would just strain your muscle and two weeks will be fine. It's in an odd area. Uh, so the way they had to rebuild his shoulder in terms of strength is they would just toss around lightly. Then he went to 7-on-7, seven seven, and this week he'll do 11-on-11. 11 11, and that's great. And they say it'll be fine for week one and, and so forth. But here's the thing, as you know, being a player, you don't know how a player responds to an injury like this until he gets hit. And we, you cannot hit quarterbacks in practice, as you know. That's why they wear a red jersey. So until we see the Bucks, who have one of the best defenses in football, throw him to the ground on Thursday night, we're just not going to know how it responds and, and how he opens it up, too. Because, you know, they, one thing the Cowboys have is they've got a great receiver core. They're, they're very deep there. And we could, we could talk about the offensive line issues that they have now, which are definitely troubling, which with the news that came out today. But, you know, overall, I'm very anxious to see how far downfield Dak could throw. And then when he does, in-game, by the way, in-game, does he keep doing it or is he sore and do they reduce it? See, that's the thing we just don't know yet. See, that's how you know Adam Kaplan's a professional because we teased it. So he knew that we were going to ask him I the question. So, I yeah, so I'll do it. <laughs> Zach Martin tests positive for COVID-19, not going to yeah. be there Thursday. How does that affect them against that defensive line and that defensive front of Tampa? Yeah, one note, just so you know, he's got to wait five days. Even if, he, even if he gets two negative tests within 24 hours, he's got to wait five days due to the protocol. So that would get be Friday. It's a day after the game. So he's ineligible to play this week. Uh, Connor Williams, uh, who's their, uh, is their other guard there, he just came off the COVID list, so they're going to get him back. He actually practiced today. They just got Lyle Collins back, the right tackle, from his neck injury. Remember, he missed all last season. Now, Connor McGovern, who was a third-round pick three years ago, uh, he will start f- for uh, Connor Williams, and that really crushes their depth on the interior of their offensive line. And one thing I do want to mention about the Bucks is I think we forget how good their defense was. It was shaking the first half of last season. But they wanted a great run with Todd Bowles, and that's why Todd is probably going to be head coach next year because he really got this thing going. It's really one of the most underrated parts. Everybody talks about Brady, and rightfully so. But let's not forget about how good their defense is. Yeah, and this, these are times where we're looking at kind of the changing of, of, of offense, the changing the way coaches handle, handle things. Um, how, how do you, like, how do general managers and uh, front office people that you talk to look at seeing how the quarterback 
position is changing because it seems like now that guys like Justin Fields, um, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, that these mobile quarter not not running quarterbacks, Trey Lance, but, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that this is the uh, future as opposed to the statue Tom Brady quarterbacks that those seem like that they're gone forever. Oh, it's changed, George. I'm so glad you brought this up. It's the so-called second reaction quarterback. When the pocket breaks down like Russell Wilson, what can he do with his legs? Yeah, you. if you really look at this draft, and Zach Wilson could drop back, but I mean, he can move. He's not such a, st- yep. uh, you know, a stone feet, so to speak. Yeah, you don't really see the statuesque quarterback being that guy that they draft much anymore. They, they want go- Trevor Lawrence as an athlete. He can move. He could do both, obviously. Yeah, I, I would say it's fair. And, and what teams are doing, another thing uh, to this, what you're asking, what we're seeing now is teams are more willing to go with better depth on the interior of their defensive line. You want guys who could rush the passer and collapse the pocket because quarterbacks hate the pressure up the middle, and you're seeing teams uh, loading up in the middle and, and having these special players at D-tackle. You're the Aaron Donald to the world, uh, Fletcher Cox, guys like that. They're hard to find, but when you could find that, uh, you hold on to those guys. That, that, that's the thing now about this league. You've got to be able to make these quarterbacks move because they can move if you move them up their spot. You've got a much better success uh, rate uh, against that quarterback. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him on Twitter, at Kaplan NFL. Last one for me. I know it's kind of general, but I think that it fits as we're talking uh, the season starting this week. Are the Kansas City Chiefs immune from a Super Bowl hangover? You know, we've seen it in the past. I know the Rams didn't make the playoffs. The 49ers had injuries last year, even though the Rams won nine games the next year. But there has been a history of teams after they lose the Super Bowl having that hangover. Is Kansas City immune from that? No. I, I Well, let's put it this way. They addressed what they had to address. They had to rebuild the offensive line. Well, guess what? They're going to have five new starters this season. Uh, well, four, four right now for sure, and then five with if Duvernay Tardif could have come back from his broken hand this week then he could start, but Trey Smith right now is starting at right guard. But they've got good depth now on the offensive line, really good depth. But the issue that they have, guys, it's not about a hangover. Uh, it's depth at certain positions. They have zero depth at receiver. I mean, they just don't. Byron Pringle is a kickoff returner. Uh, he's their top backup receiver. He's actually been a nice story of development. He's definitely a receiver now and, and, a, and a returner. Um, not, they don't have a lot of depth in defensive line. That would concern me. But I don't think there's any kind of hangover. Then you got the Chris Jones legal situation. We have to see how that plays out. You know, but overall, no, I think they're I think they're in fine shape. They're obviously a lock to win the division. The question is, how much better now is the AFC? Is there anyone who could seriously challenge them? That 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 to me is the question right now. Um, Adam, we have been hearing all, all last week from from Brian Flores telling us that two is his guy, telling his team that. And he's been so adamant about it. I understand he's been questioned about it a lot. But, yep. you know, it's one of those things I'm like, are you trying to convince us or are you trying to convince yourself? So um, <laughs> right. what the qu- quarterback? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I know that they want Tua to believe that he's got total confidence in him. But what's the actual, I guess, realistic view of the Miami Dolphins about how they view Tua? Well, I've said for now, gosh, five or six months that they're cl- they're clearly not completely sold on him. Uh, they're just not. Um, they they like him. I look, they drafted him fifth overall, but the fact that they pulled him out twice last season, they would have pulled him out a third time and benched him in week seventeen against Buffalo, where they got blown out. He he played poorly, but Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the COVID list, so they couldn't do that. So that's not a good thing. I mean, you, when you if you pull your quarterback three times, what what you know, what are you really saying here? Now is is there, 
are, are they going to do this again with Jacoby Brissett as a relief pitcher? You can't do that. That's not a good way to build a quarterback's confidence. You never do that with a proven veteran. And now you, the other thing is the other shoe here is obviously Deshaun Watson and all the rumors. And you know, we've talked about this probably 20 times over the last 10 weeks or so on, on our, on our uh, segment here. The, the fact of the matter is they've never denied that they had interest in, in Deshaun Watson. They've never shut it down, never put a statement out, because the fact is they've had interest in him. And that tells you, George, with your question, uh, they're not completely sold on him. If, if they were sold on Tua, they never would entertain the thought of or calling the Texans as they have in the past. Next week at this time, we will be talking about actual yeah. NFL re- regular wait. season games. Can't wait. Adam, we appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to next week. Thanks. We'll do it again then. All right, guys. Good luck. Thank you. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, also here on the Inside the Birds podcast and Sirius XM NFL Radio. Find him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. It's our final edition of Easy as 1, 2, 3, 4 of 2021. It comes up after Ralph Irvin gives us the latest of what's going on, including a big comeback in one major league baseball city. Ralph, it is all yours. Give a boy a bat and a ball and he will dream of the bases loaded. (laughs) Two outs in the bottom of the ninth, down three. And today, that boy is Daniel Vogelbach. Swing and a drive to right and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here. Gone for Daniel Vogelbach. He just hit a walk-off grand slam home run. And who else to deliver it but Bob Euchre on the Brewers Radio Network. It can't oh. get much better than that in the world of sports highlights. Uh, Milwaukee does beat St. Louis 6-5 on the walk-off Grand Slam. Meanwhile, Houston gets home runs from Yuli Gurriel and Carlos Correa. They're now tied with San Diego, locked at three in the top of the eighth inning. Seattle and Arizona tied at three. They're in the ninth. And Texas holding a 7-3 advantage over the Angels. That's in the seventh inning. It's just gone final. The Cubs, 11-8 winners over Pittsburgh, Frank Schwindel with a grand slam. That's the difference in the ball game. At the PGA Tour Championship, Patrick Cantley is your winner, finishing at 21 under par, one shot ahead of John Rahm. It's Cantley's fourth win of the season and headed into singles on Monday at the Solheim Cup. The Europe has a 9-7 lead. We send it back now. It is Dan Beyer and George Reister. Ralph, don't go too far because you will serve as a lifeline to George Reister, as will Iowa Sam, our technical producer, and our executive producer, Ryan Bershinger, as we play our final episode again of 2021 of Easy As 1234. I give George a topic. He doesn't have to give me all of the correct answers, just some of them, and he has the three guys there to help him out as lifelines. The over-under set today, George... Listen, I, I think that there are two easy questions. I think that there are two difficult questions. We're going to make it seven and a half, okay? Over Ooh, under seven wow. and a half today. Well, so. listen, I'm still protesting from two games ago, so I'm just letting you know. <laughs> All right. I don't think there's anything to protest here. I think it's everything's pretty much cut and dry, just like it was a few weeks ago. I digress. George, name one of two schools – that were part of the Southwest Conference when it disbanded in 1996 that won't be in the new SEC or the new Big 12. So the Southwest Conference ended up breaking up in 1996, and you had the Big 12 forming. 
what two schools were a part of that Southwest Conference that won't be in the new Big 12 and won't be in the new SEC? Oh, my God. That won't. Yes. That won't be in the Big 12 or the SEC. Okay, so. This is one of the tougher ones. So the Southwest Conference had pretty much all the Texas schools in it, plus, like, Arkansas and uh, all the. Okay, hold up. So, uh, all right. I know that I do remember that Rice was in there. I don't remember when they got out, but I do know that obviously they are a, you know, still in Conference USA Mm -hmm. or the AAC or whatever. So, aside from them, I can't think of anybody else because TCU, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, all the all of those Texas schools were in it, and they're still going to be in the new Big Twelve. So I'm going to go with Rice. Okay, all right. Uh, Wait, show- yeah. Oh God, yeah. I should. I I started to say SMU, but I don't remember. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rice though. All right, show me Rice. There they are, the Rice Owls, one of two schools. The other school was SMU. Yes, they. They were a part of the Southwest Conference uh, when it disbanded in 1996. You mentioned Arkansas. Arkansas ducked out in 1991 uh, to join the SEC. But, yeah, Houston was actually a part of that Southwest Conference as well. Yeah, it was like an entire Texas conference plus Arkansas. It was the weirdest thing. (laughs) All right, George. Off and running, one for one, and all of your lifelines still available. Name two of three. SEC schools that don't have a win yet this college football season. All right. So you had in the SEC, I know Tennessee won. Oh, LSU lost. Duh. We just talked about that. Um, And, oh, God. All right. I'm going to call on Mr. Ralph Irvin, because while I'm thinking, because oh my god, I just tweeted about this. I just tweeted about it. It's freaking Vanderbilt because they because Vanderbilt, Illinois, um, uh, and uh, Washington and some school they took terrible, terrible lo- lo- losses. Uh, Vanderbilt lost to some directional school. I don't remember which. So it's Vanderbilt and it's uh, obviously LSU, which we talked about earlier. All right. So you don't need Ralph on this one. You're going to nope, go I was, was going to call Ralph because he, he would know from the updates. Yeah, he's at the news desk. Uh, all right. Show me LSU. Yes, we know that they lost to UCLA and don't have a win yet on the season. And show me Vanderbilt. Yes, they lost to East Tennessee 23-3 yesterday. The other school that doesn't have a win, Ole Miss, because they haven't played yet. So there was that was part of a trick question. Because oh, ex- they play on Monday versus yes. Lou, uh, Louisville. Yes, they do, with no Lane Kiffin because of, uh, because of COVID. So George Reister is 3-3, three of three, and that 7.5 is looking pretty tasty. All right, George, name 3-4. of four. You have all your lifelines left as well. And three of four Stanford players that finished as a runner-up in the Heisman voting over the last twenty years. Okay, there have been four Stanford with... players that were runner-up in the Heisman voting. Need three okay. of them. Oh God, this is a 
uh, okay, I this is a layup, dude. This is Christian McCaffrey, Toby Gerhardt, and Andrew Luck. All right, those are your final answers. Yep. All right, show me Andrew Luck. Yeah, I actually did it twice. 2010 and 2011 was a runner-up uh, two years for Stanford. Show me Christian McCaffrey. 2015. Some people still say that he should have won. He should have won if, that if, year. Yep. If if he weren't white, he would have he would have won. Um, if he weren't from BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. White and the Pac-12 weren't playing at 8 p.m., which is 11 p.m. Eastern, he would have won. And show me Toby Gerhardt. There it is, 2009. The other one, there was another. Bryce Love, 2017. See, I couldn't remember whether Bryce Love finished second or not, but yeah, that was, but, but the other three I knew for for sure and you, you put this as an over under of seven today ah. well well the, the reason was i didn't know if you would get the first one i figured you'd actually get the vanderbilt and uh lsu ones and maybe even catch on with the old miss this one the stanford one was kind of a layup i thought because oh yeah the, and and but it was what was surprising the reason that it was included was that five times in the last 
12, 13 seasons, a Stanford player has finished as the runner-up in the Heisman. It was even just looking at the column, it was kind of if you're an OCD person, it was like Stanford, Stanford, Stanford. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how many times did they finish runner-up? Yeah, five times, four different players because Andrew Luck had it twice. All right, George has not used any of his lifelines. So Ralph Irvin, Iowa Sam, and Ryan Bershinger will mm-hmm. all be available to him on the last question of the 2021 edition of Easy as 1234. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me, Dan Byer, on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. You can play along next to right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Sunday. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. I hope you're having a fun Labor Day weekend. If you're on the roads, please be safe. Don't go speeding everywhere. I want you to comply with the speed limit, right, George? Got to be safe on those roads. Yes, you do. Although in Southern California, you know, my family, 99.9% of my family is still back in the state of Wisconsin. And they always say, you're like, how's the traffic out there? And I'm like, it's actually pretty easy to drive because you don't go anywhere. Like, you can't go anywhere. With, you know, you're like going 10, 15 miles per hour on the freeway. So don't worry. It's pretty safe that way. But oh, on weekends of, like this, it's a little, wide, you know, more wide open. Speaking of that, real real quick, are you are you okay after Saturday? Uh, why is that? Your Badgers. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I've never really cheered for Wisconsin. We've been over this. Oh, I Heaven forgot or, yeah. you are an Ohio State yeah. fan, and you got to get your yeah. ass kicked this weekend. Ah! <laughs> oh, oh, you feel that good about your team, huh? We'll, oh, we'll dude, see. dude, uh, you oh, okay? Real, real question: How did you feel about C.J. Stroud's initial performance? Yeah, I think that there was a, a lot to be desired, but as yes, I, the further the, away I came the from, stats it, the, completely the. The uh, stats looked way better than his actual game, right? Yes. But I yeah. also think of the situation that they were in, and I feel a little bit better about it. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be a good game and exciting. So, uh, I, Thibodeau's I was, status is the, I think, is the. No, the no. Thing. He's, it's, it's in, he's, in, he's in, fine. In pro, pro tip. He'll be, he'll be out there. <laughs> All right, all right, and and I mean, I, obviously, he won't be one hundred, but if if he gets to ninety five, I think ninety five percent of him is probably, you know, better than better than probably every other defensive lineman in college football. So he he should still have an impact, but that's literally all he's going to be be doing because school school hasn't even started at Oregon yet. So what do you think he's been doing ever since he got in the locker room yesterday? Treatment. I wonder if that's why they kept him in the out. hyperbaric, yeah. sleeping in the hyperbaric, uh, uh, ankle above your heart massage. Dude, he's not even going to get a chance to go home. Probably. He'll probably <laughs> just sleep at the facility. Well, maybe he's listening right now, and maybe he's playing along and easy as one, two, three, four. Because, George, you have an opportunity to end this season's episodes with a perfect score. Six for six so far, and you have all three of your lifelines left. Let's see if you can get the final question. George, again, six for six so far. Name four of five, George, in our final question. NFL teams that have the longest droughts of appearing in a conference title game. So the five NFL teams, I just need four of them, that have had the longest droughts of appearing in a AFC or NFC conference title game. Hmm. <sighs> okay. 
Okay, okay, okay. If we think about this, right? Like that. Like All your AFC, lifelines are there, you know. I I I I, I, I want to talk through it the way I can give them the parameters, right? Okay. So obviously, you have to have teams that haven't been any good. Like, so I'm thinking the Lions have to be in there. But now I'm going to call on Mr. Ralph Irvin. Um, who do you have? I already got the Lions. They're, okay. well, they're locked in. Has not been in since I can't even tell you. Okay. Okay. I, I would say Cleveland. Cle- I'm I, in with the Cleveland Browns. And, and I would say this because I don't think Houston's ever been there. So they've been around since. What two thousand? No, 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 no. They've been around since like ninety. The Texans? Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. They they came in after the Jaguars because I was yeah. in the league, league when they. Expanded. So so I mean, you figure it's got to be over twenty years for anybody you're thinking about. Um. Well, shoot, the Dallas Cowboys haven't been in that long. All right, we're under thirty seconds, okay, George. Dallas and the Houston Texans. I'll I'll give them that. All right, you don't you don't want a bit from Ryan or Sam? You yeah, guys okay. got any team quick? Sam, throw out a, throw out a team. I was Sam. All right, here are my teams that you didn't list. All right, I had uh, the Bengals and the Dolphins. Bengals and the Dolphins. Had so we had Houston, Cleveland, Bengals, Lions, Dolphins, Dallas. Got oh, thirty Lord seconds to go. Mercy. I'd like I like Bengals and Browns and and, and Lions. If you need three. Okay, I'll go with Bengals, Browns, I'm going to go with Bengals, Browns, Lions, and Dolphins. Okay, show me the Bengals. All right, the Bengals, 32 years, show me the Lions. 29 years, show me the Browns. And for the win, show me the Dolphins. Yes! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The NFL season is fast approaching, but we have to quickly look back at George's perfect score on easy as one, two, three, four. If you just missed it, I just have to pay it off because we hit right up against the break with your 10th and correct answer, George. Of the NFL teams that have the longest droughts of appearing in a conference title game, Bengals the longest at 32. We mentioned the Lions at 29. Washington also, it's been 29 years. If you remember, 1991, Barry Sanders and the Lions went to Washington, ended up losing that game, but neither team has been back to the NFC Championship game since there. The Browns, even with two years off as a franchise, had their uh, streak at 28, and then the Dolphins at 28 years of not appearing in a conference title. The Cowboys were oh so close at 25 years, followed by the Texans at 19, and then the Raiders, 18 years since they've been in a conference title game. All of those wow, teams looking it, wait, to end the droughts up. this that year. That was 18 years ago that like Rich Gannon was quarterback? Yes, yes, Good it was. God, dude, I'm old. <laughs> hey, no. I know time time sure flies, doesn't it? That was. I mean, uh, granted, granted, I was I was still in. I, I I think it was in. Wait, eighteen years ago, that was what two thousand three. 
Oh, that was the that was the year I got drafted. I'm still I'm still I'm still young. I'm still that would have yeah. That was uh, then they ended up losing to the Buccaneers in Super Bowl 37. Yeah, uh, that season, and then just uh, yeah, have not been back. What was crazy was looking at the list and actually seeing the number of teams that have that have made it somewhat recently. Um, that is kind of like the you know just as a as a Seahawks fan, it's been six seasons since they've been to a conference title game. And they were actually a bit further up on the list than I thought. I thought they would have been, you know, maybe, you know, would have been one of the shorter droughts, but it wasn't because you've just had certain teams being able to to crack through. You know, the Bills last year ended their drought, and, uh, you know, Packers and Chiefs had made it in back-to-back years, but, you know, the 49ers uh, making it uh, two seasons ago and, and the Buccaneers ending their drought from when they made it to the Super Bowl, so... Yeah, so there was there were some there were some longer streaks that were ended last season, but there's still some longer ones there. But it's crazy to think that the Raiders and and you know the Cowboys has talked about so much, but Washington was the one that actually really threw me for a curve because they played in that game against the Lions, and that was the last time both of them made it to the uh, to the conference championship games. So I, I don't know if we're going to get a repeat of Buffalo and Kansas City this year, but I do want to start to preview and look ahead to what we have in store in the 2021 season. And as George and I have gotten together on every Sunday throughout the summer talking football, I, I just I, I may sound like a broken record, but I just think that the AFC is a superior conference to the NFC, and it's not meant to be a, a hot take. But when you're trying to figure out the seven teams that will make the playoffs in in, in each conference. I think in the NFC, you're trying to figure out, okay, are there seven teams? Whereas opposed to the AFC, you're just trying to figure out what seven teams are going to make it and which ones are being left out. I just think there's many more candidates for postseason appearances in the AFC than there is the NFC. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. This is a This is a year to where... And we're in another era, I think, of the NFL where we're going to have a bunch of repeat performances like that, that, that where, you know, for so many years, the Colts and the Steelers and the, uh, and the Patriots were always in it, right? Like one of, one of them was always in it. And then you look at now with the AFC, you got Kansas City just, just racking it up three, Mm -hmm. three years in in a row now. And then, and before that, well, and and also, so it'll be either Kansas City or the Bills in there for the for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, so uh, this is cyclical. It's just different teams now. When when I asked Adam Kaplan last hour, and for those of you that missed it, you can always check it out on the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. When I asked Adam Kaplan about are the Chiefs immune from a hangover? It actually was a legitimate question because I do believe that there is such a thing as a Super Bowl hangover when you lose because yeah, it's I, proven. Yeah, and and I just would think as a player that you have to go and go through everything that you went through the year before and it has to pay off again. Like of all the work that you put in, it's a long season, it's a long grind, you overcome obstacles. And then to fall one step short and then realize that you're back at the starting line and have to do it again when you didn't accomplish your goal, I think would just be frustrating. That, that it's, it's, I don't know if it's like a shoots and ladders sort of thing, George, but when you have to, uh, when you have to fall back and start from, you know, the beginning or close to the beginning, 
it's frustrating, and that's what I think would build in with a team and why I think that teams like have a difficult time when they lose because you put so much in and you still didn't accomplish oh, your goal look, that you don't have something to show for it. Okay, so aside from the Patriots, because you have to throw them – Throw them out yeah. and and the uh, Chiefs because the Chiefs made it back after. Well, actually, the uh, Chiefs just just lost, so we'll see what happens this year. But okay, look what happened to the uh, the Forty Niners in 2019. The Rams in 2018 they've fallen off. Uh, well, they they fell the off one- and then they made the playoffs again this year. The Atlanta Falcons this ain't even the same team. Like they didn't even make the playoffs and, after and, that. And I would say this that the Falcons that year they they because they did go back against the Philadelphia and they played in that that crazy game where the Eagles ended up almost losing. But the Falcons that first half of the year they were not good. I, I no. felt that the Super Bowl was a hangover for them. And getting back to that point was was difficult, um, and, and like that oh. Super Bowl hungover. They did make the playoffs the next year, but yeah, they, but uh, it, they it hasn't the been team. the same. Like ever Correct. since then, it's been all downhill. The Carolina Panthers been all downhill kind of since they lost the Super Bowl. Like there have been so many teams that this has happened to. They happened to the Giants. Happened to the the uh, Saints fell off for a second after they did uh, that Super mm-hmm. Bowl loser hangover is very very real. Yeah, and and the take the Seahawks when they ended up losing to the Patriots in Super Bowl forty nine, they made it to the playoffs the next year, and they faced Carolina who ended up going to the Super Bowl. Carolina put you know like thirty five on them in the first like it was like the Seahawks had to come back and make it a game. But they they weren't that Super Bowl caliber team, and then the next year Falcons ran them off the field. So there's there is a bit of a there is something to it, and maybe it's a hangover of not it's not necessarily talking about not making the playoffs. But the reason why I just think it's 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 a legitimate question with Kansas City is because there are so many contenders, and if the Chiefs end up losing in the divisional playoffs or don't get the number one overall seed, I would think that maybe some of that Super Bowl hangover is a part of that. And I think that there are, you talked about the Bills knocking on the door. I really think Cleveland has an opportunity. It's amazing on how much, George, we have talked about the Cleveland Browns in years past. And now they finally have a good season, a really good season. They end their playoff drought, and there's no drama in Cleveland anymore. So we're not even talking about them. We're, we're like we're not even talking about is Odell Beckham Jr. going to ruin the chemistry now that he's coming back from his knee injury. Like we're not even having that conversation. And I bring that up, not saying that he's going to ruin the chemistry, but that is what you get in sports talk radio. Yeah, you get well, the hot takes like that, and we're not even talking about that because I think people believe that Cleveland is on such solid footing entering this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they and with the way that Baker Mayfield played last season. You actually believe that they will be able to integrate Odell Beckham Jr. in back into their offense with without Baker feeling like he needs to force him the ball. Yeah. Because he is so so good, which actually should, like if he's organically getting the football, then everything will be a okay. The only thing that could put a monkey rich in a program is that if Baker, if he can't deal with him if he can't deal with Odell Beckham being you know that guy you know what I mean and 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 wanting the ball but also him being able to manage the game and get him the ball organically instead of you know forcing it to him this is going to come out as a negative towards Odell Beckham Jr. 
But in reality, George, it's the first time the team has had leverage over Odell Beckham Jr. in where they are. Because you could say that the Giants needed him desperately. They, they needed him on the field because Eli Manning needed somebody to throw to. They needed his talents. And then when he came over via the trade, you're saying, wow, okay, now Cleveland has their number one receiver. Baker Mayfield's going to you know, need a guy like that. They're going to need that all-pro receiver. Odell's got to get his. You know, he's got to get his. And now because of the success that they had with the running game and Nick Chubb, and what they've done with their offensive line and the way that Baker has played, you can make the argument, maybe most importantly to what you said, is he's coming back from a knee injury and they seem to thrive without him last year, that the team doesn't need him, that the Browns actually have the leverage over Odell Beckham Jr. instead of vice versa. So it's going to be up to Odell Beckham Jr. And this isn't a, this isn't a referendum on Odell Beckham Jr., but if Odell's, if he's not fitting in, the Browns will just go on. They've got Jarvis Landry. They've got Donovan Peoples yeah, Jones. They've they, got other guys. They don't. They they proved last year that they don't need him. And I, I don't think they need him. Like, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I do think that they need him to win a Super Bowl. But but here's the other thing. I don't think he necessarily wants to be there either. Like, I think that he would rather be somewhere else. He doesn't like. There is nothing about Odell Beckham Jr. and his personality and all that stuff that that says i want to live in cleveland you see what i'm saying sure. like like th- that now that i don't believe so so while he may have to be be out he won't be he won't cry about it he'll be like oh well you know it's very very unfortunate i gave it my uh, best hopefully you don't send me to minnesota you know what i mean well, <laughs> he's like he's like send me to miami send me to L.A. Send me to Houston. Just I mean, dude, he reminds me a little bit in that way of James Harden. Like imagine James Harden having to play for the Timberwolves or having to play for, uh, you know, like a team that is geographically undesirable. Sure. Sure. I get I get what you're saying. I, I do think. I do think that Odell wants to win. I do, I, I, I do believe that because there were, there were times with the Giants where after losses he was uh, frustrated. So I do believe that that is the case. But they don't have to force the ball to him any, any, anymore. Baker doesn't have that on his shoulders because they proved last year that they were, they were just fine when he went out w- with the knee injury. To your point, yeah, it'd be great if they had him and he could help aid them to their Super Bowl. But in the overall point of this whole conversation is, we're not even talking about that. Like Cleveland's not even in the conversation. And how different is it? Because we would talk about them in years past because of how dysfunctional they were. But now I think it's such a stable franchise and a stable team under Kevin Stefanski that we're not even having those conversations. We're talking more about what Pittsburgh's going to do with Big Ben and is his arm going to hold up? What's going to happen with the Colts? Who, by the way, I really liked the Colts this offseason. I was a big fan of the Colts, even with Carson Wentz as the, the, the starting quarterback. However, I can't think of one good thing that has happened to the Colts in this this training camp in this offseason. <laughs> Dude, I, they I, are. I mean, it is always a story with them, COVID-related, not COVID-related. Uh, it's Murphy's Law, dude. It, yeah. Whatever can go wrong has gone wrong for for them. And I'm a person, I like... Dan, I I was completely opposite on you as it related to Carson Wentz and their and their offseason. I mm-hmm. didn't like it. I think that it's very risky because I mean, if 
if Frank Reich can fix him, then you're fine. But there's no guarantee that you can fix him. You hear me? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's very fair. I, I am believing that he will be better. But I also then believe, too, that T.Y. Hilton would be healthy, and T.Y. Hilton's not healthy. Like, nothing has gone well for the Colts Quint- this Quentin offseason. Quentin Nelson, even though he may be out there, is yeah. not 100%. Yeah. Carson Wentz is not 100%. And this was something yeah. that I asked the, the other day, Dan. I was like, how long is Carson Wentz's leash considering he didn't get a full training camp, all of this stuff. Like how long are Colts fans and Frank Wright have to be patient if he has a slow start? Well, I, I, I think that they're going to have to be patient because I don't think that they're ready to turn. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. over to Jacob Eason, especially if Sam Ellinger was was pushing him in the preseason. I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm saying like, when do you start positioning for a draft pick for next season? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it could it, it could be a one and done because right? I honestly think that their core, like you got a good running back, you've got your offensive line, your defense is actually one of the better ones in the NFL. Um, you just paid Darius Leonard a lot of money. Um, so like... Like, your window is now. So I think that the patience is going to be um, thinner, you know, not, not, as, not, not as long as it would be in other situations. 
I, it just and and it hasn't been a good off season. I I I, I, I the AFC. I think that there are about ten teams that could make the playoffs. I, I don't think that the Jets are in contention. Houston and Jacksonville aren't. I don't think Cincinnati is. And I don't think that the Raiders are. So of those five teams, that means 11 other teams I actually think have an opportunity. I think Denver's got a chance. I think the Chargers have a chance. But at the top, and that's where we start, I actually think that Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cleveland are your top three teams. I, I like Cleveland winning the AFC North this year. Crazy as it sounds, George. He is George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. All right, that's the AFC. Who can dethrone Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the NFC? That conversation next year on Fox Sports Sunday. So the Cowboys shorthanded against the Buccaneers team, George, as we take a look at the NFC that has Every starter returning from a year ago as they try to defend their Super Bowl crowd. Sometimes having everybody back isn't a great thing when you have certain teams, but in Tampa it is a really good thing oh. when your quarterback's Tom Brady and you have a defense uh, like that defense played towards the end of last season. Yeah, when you return everybody from a Super Bowl team, that's functional, right? Like, you don't have people fighting over contracts, trying to hold out, all of it. Like, it's functional. That makes you extremely dangerous. And that's what the Buccaneers have right right now. And I, I just, obviously, there are things that can happen to cause them to not to be able to make the Super Bowl again. Not necessarily win it, but make the Super Bowl again. And that's obviously injuries. But aside from injuries, there doesn't appear to be anything that can derail them because Tom Tom Brady's not going to come out and suck. So and 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 between Mike and between Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Godwin, and then their tight end situation with Gronk. Uh, O.J. Howard and uh, Brayton, like, <laughs> like what's 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 gonna happen? Like they have well, so much depth that even if even if Mike Williams caught caught what what whatever's going on with J- Jamar Chase and he can't catch the ball, then you still have enough guys and quality guys that they'd be like, okay, Mike, just just sit out. We'll the, we'll start Ant- Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. Who would complain about that? Yeah, not not many teams, uh, really. I mean, and we saw in the Super Bowl, Tom does like to go to guys that he relies on, and another year with Evans and another year with Godwin helps all of that. I do think that there are two things with the Buccaneers that I do think are up in the air. I still think that their running game, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and they did bring in Gio Bernard in the offseason, who's a bit dinged up heading into the season. I don't think that that running game was one that you would be uh, entirely proud of. I think that Ronald Jones is the better back, but I think that Ronald Jones sometimes gives you the too much of a roller coaster, so they actually would prefer Fournette, who is a bit uh, more steady. Uh, they're just uh, put it in those terms. But the other thing that I think is actually the bigger issue, and it's something you said about Tom Brady, is we don't know if he's going to be Tom Brady for the entire season because, again, when you're that age and you're 44 years old, 
there is the question, and, and I still think I think it's a legitimate question. There's no the only data that we no can way. point to is former quarterbacks just completely falling off, like Peyton Manning or or Drew Brees. But yeah, but it, no, 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 Dan, Dan, what are you talking about? Dude? I'm just saying, Peyton, I Peyton Manning was 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 injured, and Drew Brees, we saw a gradual slowing down, right? That. That even if Tom Brady does slow down a bit this year, he's not going to fall off a cliff. Like he's still going to be a good quarterback and good enough to win a Super Bowl, even if his skills, like like let's say he lost three percent of his skill or ability in the offseason okay. because he three percent. Yes, that's still high. That's still he's still going to be a top ten quarterback if even if he's down three percent. So I'm I I just don't see aside from him being hurt like you saw with Peyton Manning where his neck was all jacked up he couldn't throw the ball any of that it's well, the, there's nothing that if, can derail them if he is three percent uh, worse than he was in the NFC Championship game against Green Bay does Green oh, Bay yeah. win that game Oh God um, Oh. I say I mean, probably yes. And that's I mean, he the, was bad in that game. It. He was bad in that well, game. He, you know, he did have a big throw to Scotty Miller. And and, and and the point is the point is this. It's not of of does Green Bay win that game or not, but it does tell you that there are teams that are close to Tampa Bay and how close that game came. And Green Bay is one of those teams. And for the as much drama as there was with Aaron Rodgers this offseason, and there was a lot of drama. There's been nothing but rave reviews on how Aaron Rodgers has incorporated himself back with the team, and his play doesn't seem to have dropped off any for not being at any of the team functions this offseason. So you'd have to think that Green Bay's in the mix. You'd have to think that the Rams are in the conversation because of the addition of Matthew Stafford and, and the core that they've got back on defense. San Francisco should be healthier. Seattle, for, his, for the Russell Wilson drama that was there, Seattle really didn't change a whole lot. They did try to improve the offensive line and change the offensive coordinators, but there wasn't a complete overhaul of, of really anything. So Seattle should be a team that competes. I don't know if they're good enough to win the NFC, but those are the teams. That's the question. If Brady drops 3%, are any of those teams New Orleans with Jameis Winston now? I mean, is New Orleans able to to close in? That's the question, and I think teams like Green Bay and the Rams, if Tom Brady does drop off 3%, can overtake Tampa in the NFC. Mm. See, all right. Obviously, and 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 here's the thing: I think that we're 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 not taking into it is that when you look at the teams that made the playoffs last year, all of them are not going to make it this season. So, so so I think that this is like crucially important. So you're going to have new teams in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year, which probably will be a team like San Francisco. And Seattle will probably be be back, and then you add in. Um, well, Seattle made it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I was saying that Seattle would be back in terms of a team that had that is a legitimate contender, okay. not just in in the playoffs. And we will have a different champion in the NFC East. So if Dak stays healthy, the Cowboys could be a threat. 
So I, I I think it's easy to just point to a couple of teams without necessarily recognizing that some of these teams, like the 49ers, Cowboys, could actually come from not making the playoffs to being Super Bowl champions because of the dynamic of their team, because they were so the Cowboys were so unhealthy on the offensive line and at the quarterback position that just adding the healthy bodies back is going to be a significant improvement for them. I think you're going to see playoff teams in the AFC, that, that swap that you talk about. I think it's going to happen in the AFC. I actually don't see it in the NFC. The only team that it I last every year, year, Dan. I know it does. I know it does. But I just – the Bears are a team that I don't think people believe in that were a playoff team last year. So I think you take the Bears out. And if okay. you want to look at the NFC East, which Washington won last year, and I by the sound of it, you like Dallas to win that division – but I just I think so much has to go right for the Cowboys, and and not like they were going. I I didn't think they were going to win Week One, but now you go into Week One and you don't have your All Pro guard, and Dak Prescott's arm is still trying to convince us everything is a okay. I think that there are legitimate questions about Dallas entering. Maybe they overtake Washington, but I I don't I just. I don't see teams like Tampa, and I don't see New Orleans falling off. I don't see Seattle and the Rams falling off and not making the playoffs. I don't think there's going to be as much change in the NFC. I just think that the NFC is really top-heavy with a certain teams. There may be maybe one team or two dropping out from last year uh, that ended up makes the that you swap from making the playoffs this year. Well, the reality is, Dan, every year there are at least five new teams in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And all five are not going to be well. You you already said the uh, the uh, Bears. The other four are not going to be from the AFC, and 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 sometimes it's six or seven teams, and and you can never see it coming. So I am when when I look at it, I'm saying all right. For, so from from last year, if you look at the playoff race, right? You had in the NFC, you had Green Bay, the Saints, the uh, Seattle, Washington, Tampa, the Rams, and the Bears, right? So now I got to make room for San Francisco and the Cowboys already, right? So then that puts Washington and the Bears out, like like you said. And then... So that could be the extent of the changes in the NFC, but the the uh, Saints may be out as well. So now that's three new teams. So I so I definitely think that there's going to be some some changes, minimum two, but probably three new teams coming in the NFC. And I then, kn- yeah, I I feel like we know the 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 bad teams in the AFC. I, I feel like that. And I think in the NFC, like we know Detroit is not in it to win this year. But I also yep. just, I don't know a lot about Atlanta. I, I, I don't think that Carolina is there. I'm not a believer in Arizona uh, at all. Philadelphia, I think that they've got a ways to go. So I just, I don't, I don't think it's as jumbled. I think that a majority of the changeover you would see is in the AFC and, and not in the NFC. The way that these teams are built in the NFC, it just, it's, I, I I don't know. It's just it's 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 oh, uh, maybe on. it's just a hold gap. On, I, I don't on. know. I just Dan, I, I like Dan, the I'm, I like I'm, the Rams. I like the way that the, the Bucks and the Saints are built. Uh, Green Bay is going to be there, and I like Washington. So okay, I'm I'm going to have to call you on your on your on your AFC 
take and 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 I know we got some stuff to do right now, but uh, but when we come back though, dude, I'm definitely I. Oh my gosh! All right, I'll I tell just you my gave you time time to prepare. No, I've already got my AFC teams. Yeah, because there are three teams for the playoffs that made it last year that aren't going to make it this season. And I'll tell you who those are, plus our MVPs, after Ralph Irvin gives us the latest of what's happening on this Fox Sports Sunday. Well, we already saw heroics in Milwaukee, and we saw that San Diego scored three runs in the first inning and nothing thereafter. That was until the bottom of the ninth. And that's it in the air to deep right field. It's way back. Tucker looking up. Going to go. Walk-off home run for Jake Cronenworth. And the Padres beat the Astros 4-3 on Jake's homer in the bottom of the ninth inning. Padres radio network with the call. Not uh, quite the same as a walk-off grand slam by Bob Uecker, but still a win nonetheless. San Diego 4-3 win. They now hold that final wild card spot in the National League. Have a half-game lead over Cincinnati and a three-and-a-half game lead over St. Louis. That's because Daniel Vogelbach's Grand Slam, the one we mentioned, lifted Milwaukee to a 6-5 win over the Cardinals. Now, on the field right now, that's just one game. To make it two games, Seattle has put four runs up in the 11th inning. They have a 7-3 lead over Arizona. That's in the 11th, while the Giants and Dodgers now tied at one. San Francisco had a Brandon Belt home run in the first inning. Will Smith has dropped in an RBI single for L.A., Again, they're locked at one. That's in the second inning. Texas, by the way, a 7-3 win over the LA Angels. Patrick Cantley takes the PGA's Tour Championship at 21 under par, one shot ahead of John Rahm. It's his fourth win of the season. More importantly, it's good for $15 million. San Francisco signs defensive back Josh Norman, the veteran, going to the 49ers as they try to shore up that pass protection. We'll see if uh, he can help, but right now we're going to see his Who's going to win in the AFC? As we send it back, it's Dan Beyer and George Reister. Thank you very much, Ralph. It is Fox Sports Sunday. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. You want me to tell you the three teams that made the playoffs last year in the AFC that I don't think are going to make it this season? You want to hear those, George? Okay. Yep. Pittsburgh? I I don't think Pittsburgh makes it. I don't think Tennessee makes it. And I don't think Baltimore makes it. I uh, Pittsburgh, I you lose Bud Dupree to that knee injury last year, and that defense was not the same in getting after the quarterback. I still have serious questions about Ben Roethlisberger. I know everybody's in love with Najee Harris and the new run game, but I just think that Pittsburgh takes a step back. I don't believe in Tennessee. I don't. I know. Speaking of Bud Dupree, he came so over then, from Pittsburgh so to Tennessee. So then, who's going to win the AFC South? I put Indianapolis. I picked oh the Colts. Yeah, I have the Colts winning the AFC South. And I actually have the Browns winning the AFC North. And as crazy as it is because of how things play out, I have three teams from the AFC West making the playoffs. Kansas City wins so, the division, and I like Denver and the Chargers to make the playoffs. The other oh wild card. God. The other wild card. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the New England Patriots get a wild card in the AFC after not making it last year. That's how I think you it plays out the in the Denver AFC. Broncos to make the playoffs. You have to realize the injuries that that team had to deal with last year, and now they Teddy feel Bridgewater like, is their quarterback. I'll stop right there. I, I understand. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I myself would have also have gone with Drew Locke, like you believe. But okay. I believe that their defense is going to be 
a top 10 defense, maybe a top five defense in the National Football League, and they will get enough offense. And they've okay, got weapons. So they've they've here, got a lot of my, weapons on offense. Here's my, here's my question for you is this. Is how many games do you think Kansas City is going to win this year? I, I, I haven't out gone, of, you know, the 17. 17, they'll just say to like uh, 12 or 13. We'll go 13. 13 okay, and 4. 13 and 4. 13 and 4 may not get you the uh, the uh, one seed, but, but okay. So let's say Kansas City wins 13 games. How many games are the uh, Kansas, I'm sorry, the Chargers going to win? Let's give the Chargers 10 wins this season. So they're going to go remember, 10 and 7. Yeah, and remember, the AFC West is playing the NFC East this year. Yep. Which I think really helps them in that in that crossover fashion because you so, get the Giants, you get the Eagles, you get the so Cowboys. So my uh, point is is that okay, so then how many games do you think the Denver Broncos are going to win? Let's put it let's put them at 10 and 7 as well. They they tie the Chargers with 10 wins. So you essentially believe that the rate so so then that means that you believe the Raiders are going to win like six games. And and the reason why I say that is because of the way that divisions yeah. are set up that they play each of them twice. So like they all can't win. Correct. Yeah. You know. So I don't um, think the Raiders are going to be very good at all. Okay. Well, my teams <laughs> that a more realistic view of all this. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, okay, I got Kansas City in the playoffs. Yep. The Bills in the playoffs. Okay, I have no problem with that. Uh, I have the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, only because somebody's got to win that division. Sure. Um, and the Baltimore Ravens are in the playoffs. All right. At, so, from from uh, there, I think that from uh, there, you're going to get – I actually think that the AFC is less – wide open i actually think the afc has less changeover than the nfc does so i think the chargers make the playoffs okay that'd and, be one huh that'd be one new team that would make yeah. it and i got the miami dolphins making the playoffs okay so you think you think that that tua and the dolphins will be able to make that next step uh, I don't know about the next step. I st- I still think that they may have some questions for for Tua after, but as far as their long term prospects, but I do think that they will be good enough for that he will be good enough for them to you know win a, eleven right. games to go eleven well, and six. Well, then then who do you have not making the playoffs between Pittsburgh and Baltimore? If that's where it comes down to, because that's what it sounds. I mean, excuse me, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Because you had Baltimore winning the division, I got. I would say I would put my money on Pittsburgh because, wow. I, and the reason why is because aside of when Ben Roethlisberger has started and finished the season, Mike Tomlin makes the playoffs. Like 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 they're like death taxes and Mike Tomlin making the the uh, playoffs, and he almost made it two years ago with uh. With a with a makeshift with a a, a makeshift uh, quarterback position, they had Randolph and uh, everybody else trying to play quarter quarterback too, and they were one game away. So I believe more in Mike Tomlin from BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. and what he has to do than what I believe in Baker Mayfield and those guys. It's actually why I believe in Bill Belichick uh, over what Brian Flores and the Dolphins are doing. It's because I believe in the head coach. I just think I think Cleveland's really good. I, I mean, and, and running the football, and if their defense is, is any better, um, you know, I, I don't want to say Jadevian Clowney, but at least, they, I mean, you've got Miles Garrett. I, I think Cleveland defense should be better, and I, I just think that they're solid. I, I like the Browns. I like the Browns. Well, I picked them to win the division. I don't. You heard. It, that's the thing is, I don't hate the Browns. I just think that, that it is it is going to be tough, dude. But a sleeper pick, I'm telling you, a sleeper pick in the AFC South. I know that everybody's going to sound say that this is crazy. But is the Houston Texans, dude? They signed a bunch of free agents. They're not going to be good two years from now. But this year, they could have enough to win that division. They, I, I, they're not going to be. People think they're going to be 0-17. No, they're going to win games. I'm surprised that you think that they could be a playoff contender, though, because I, I have said, not heard. When, when, when the division, somebody had to win the the <laughs> NFC East last year, that's and that's enough. what it's going to look like. All right, he's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. We'll wrap this baby up. MVP pick and who's going to win Super Bowl 56. The Fox Sports Sunday NFL preview continues next year on Fox Sports Radio. 
Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer. He's George Reister. Notre Dame on the board quickly against Florida State. It's 7 nothing. Uh, not much of a surprise, Dude. man. Florida State. Dude, there? I, I was more – I didn't take as much stock of Notre – I'm sorry, as uh, Florida State on that drive as I was like – this Notre Dame offense looks different. Like, this is not the same thing that they were doing last year and the year before that and the year before that. Brian Kelly appears to be, like, I think he is priming Notre Dame for a real run at a potential national championship because if they can have a good offense like that is, cause, because in prior years they have been slow they had been, you know, like kind of anemic at times offensively and stuck in the stone ages. But if that's the way that they're going to play, boy, they're going to be tough. Yeah, Ian Book has moved on. I don't think it's a – Ian Book was actually a really good quarterback for uh, yeah. for Notre Dame. Uh, Jack yeah, Cone, but he wasn't, a, he, he wasn't an elite passer. Taken over. No, he, he wasn't uh, an elite passer, and just the style of offense that they ran wasn't – wasn't what we just saw right now in that first drive. And I All know right. it's the first drive, which was scripted, but still. Yeah, we'll have to see how this plays out. But Notre Dame out early scoring in their first possession, 7 nothing. All right, George, MVP of the NFL season. Who do you think stands above and earns the most valuable player honor for the 2021 campaign? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Is this because he's Patrick Mahomes? Is this because... Nobody can match up to him, but how does Patrick Mahomes get another MVP award? Uh, just being Patrick Mahomes, mm. like you know, his team is probably going to either be the one or two seed in the AFC, so that automatically puts you in the MVP yep. convert conversation. He's gonna throw for forty plus touchdowns because this is what he does every every year. So you know, so that automatically is going to put him high in the. Uh, MVP race category, and he's got the name, the cachet, all all of that. And then my dark horse is Josh. Actually, I shouldn't even call it a dark horse, but, but my number two candidate is Josh Allen because they love to give it to quarterbacks. So you so you have to start and finish with quarterbacks, even if a wide receiver runs. I'm sorry, even if a running back rushes for four. Where it rushes for two thousand yards, you still have to go with the quarterback as your candidates. And Josh Allen is going to be on a good team. He's going to throw for over four thousand yards, a bunch of touchdowns. And assuming that last year was not an, an outlier, he'll be in that conversation too. Yeah, Josh Allen is actually my MVP because I think they continue to have that success with Brian Dable still there, Ken Dorsey still uh, there. I think that Buffalo doesn't lose any momentum offensively, and in fact, there may even be more put on Josh Allen's shoulders. And honestly, their entire offense goes as he goes, and really the entire team goes as he goes. And I think that Buffalo is going to be really good again, and the only thing about Patrick Mahomes, why I wouldn't put him as the MVP and put Allen, is I still think that we take Patrick Mahomes for granted. I think that we just, whatever he does, is just kind of ho-hum, where I think maybe we have more of the conversation. Even though Patrick Mahomes does crazy things, we're just like, well, that's Patrick Mahomes. He could win it every year. I think that Josh Allen, yeah. though, continues that momentum. And See, because now, of that, uh, no, we, we're short on time, George, so i got to do this. Because of that, I really like Buffalo this year. So much so, Buffalo is going back to the Super Bowl. Eh. But they aren't going to get it done. 
they're going to actually lose to a team that for the second straight year wins in their home stadium. Super Bowl 56 on my paper, Rams over the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. That's my prediction. George Reister, your Super Bowl 56 prediction. A repeat of last year, Kansas City, the Bucks. except this year, Kansas City wins. Oh, wow. Going on on quite a limb there, George. Jeez, look at that. Uh, the old repeat of, uh, of Super Bowl 55, but Kansas City winning. Oh, my goodness. There you go. I almost hey, had to throw it, my headset. It happens sometimes, of- bro. <laughs> Listen, sometimes the answer is the obvious one. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Have a great, happy Labor Day weekend and happy football season. We'll talk to you in week one. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.